Welcome to The Third One Sucks, where we rank every movie in a franchise from first to worst. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Mark Bell. And hey kids, it's Happy Flappy Time! <laughs> what are we going to talk about today, Mark? <laughs> today? 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 Today. We're going to talk about Air Bud. The first movie in the at least five film Air Bud franchise. Oh no. Air Bud is a movie. It has sports and comedy, I guess. I am unclear how to describe this movie. It was written by Paul Tamasey, directed by Charles Martin Smith, and produced by Buena Vista Pictures. Airbud premiered on August 1st, 1997, and stars Kevin Ziggers, Michael Jeter, Wendy McKenna, Bill Cobb, and Air Buddy, played by the actual real-life dog named Air Buddy, that inspired this film. Uh, <laughs> Boy, what's our what's our fan review for this week? Well, Mark, our fan reviews this week, plural, come from Rotten Ooh. Tomatoes audience reviews. The first one from Joey C. On September 28th, 2022. I love that you watched it in 2022. Uh, I guess we're one to talk, huh? Uh, who said half a star? No, 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 no. Too many dogs. Dog cannot play basketball. Basketboard human sport. Please make it more realistic and have the dog fall on his stupid face while playing basketboard. God, I hate Air Bud's dog. Cannot play basketboard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Joey's fury is so great he loses track of punctuation and spelling and straight up forgets the name of the sport. <laughs> to balance this out, we also have one from Aris K on November 10th, 2015. Equally absurd to me. Five stars. Best movie I've ever seen. Six out of five stars. If you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> Too passionate reviews of airbud i think we got a montague's and capulet situation going on here and that these two are going to secretly fall in love <laughs> would be amazing they have a golden retriever as the ring bearer at their wedding they do uh, <laughs> do you remember when you first saw this movie dan uh i i do first off i love that in our notes you have a sports comedy film like all of those things are in question <laughs> and you're just yes. like it, it's supposedly all of these things and i'm not sure if it's any of them <laughs> correct but the first time i saw this sports comedy question mark film was in fifth grade Ooh. like when it came out and i was on a basketball team because <laughs> it was the Excellent. 90s and that's just the thing that kids did basketball was a big deal in the 90s yep and then we got a dog that year so oh man oh no that's and that's what happened and as i think i mentioned on a previous podcast i was like i bet this dog can play basketball and fully just nailed this dog in the face with a basketball oh. i know i know oh. i'm admitting to, I was a child. It's, it's sure. I, was a, I was an ignorant child who thought my dog could play basketball. Throw me a, a freaking dog bone here. Um, and I think Disney owes children across the world like severance for like some sort of like payment for what it's done. And it needs to. I, all the dogs are all dead now, unfortunately. Otherwise, they would pay for their damages as well. Mark, when's the first time you saw? Airbud <laughs> TM movie film for theaters. Man, it's a far less interesting story. I saw it in Ohio. 
when I was, okay. I don't know, how old was I when this movie came out? 15? We go to visit family in Ohio very regularly. Uh, and when we would visit, we would always have a Friday night movie night where we go to the video rental store and run a couple of videos and buy some pizza and then just watch movies for the night. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I remember very little about it other than just like, oh, yeah, this is a dog that plays basketball, I guess. It's, yeah. And then suddenly in like the mid 2000s, the internet remembered Air Bud and he's just been around again ever since. We were texting back and forth or messaging or communicating via text, wasn't it? Yes. In some form. <laughs> Prior to this episode, whenever I needed to watch this again, and I realized this might be the first time I've watched this movie since I was in fifth grade. Not, it's not <laughs> like I watched it once and then never sure. watched it again. It's like I watched it a lot in fifth grade. <laughs> right. And then never again. <laughs> And then and suddenly, it, when and, you are a thirty-six-year-old man, yeah, I'm thirty-five. Mark, thirty-five, I'm not thirty-six yet. I'm a, I'm a spring chicken. Okay. <laughs> Hi, it's future Dan cutting in here. Actually, it's present Dan, or I guess for the listener, past Dan. This is Dan after the initial recording, cutting in here to say, "I'm thirty-six now." Mark did the math right. And also, it's existentially terrifying that I am now in my mid to late thirties and not my early to mid thirties. Is it time to talk about an Airbud movie? I think we have to talk about an Airbud movie. Actually, Mark, we have to talk about the Yellow Bird movie because this movie starts <laughs> with these weird, like, <laughs> nature documentary shots of this Yellow Bird. Yeah. Several Why times. This Yellow Bird gets a couple of different cuts and camera angles. Fuck, I love it. It's, look, this Yellow Bird is the Woodstock of the Airbud franchise, for sure. <laughs> it's so good it's so weird it's such an odd way to start a movie why are we just watching this bird watching a truck i don't know i propose that we dub this yellow bird film stock like it yep like good Woodstock, for me. <laughs> but film stock because this does just look like stock nature footage at the it beginning absolutely of this movie does. <laughs> so we watch this bird for a watch while a truck. Yeah, <laughs> And then the bird watches a truck for a bit, and then we follow the truck. So that's our way into this movie. Sure. <laughs> How are we going to connect to the Air Bud movie? We'll watch a bird watch a truck, and then we'll bring swing camera around to follow the truck that has a giant clown head on it and sort of looks like Sweet Tooth from the... I just lost the name Twisted of the video games. Twisted are Metal. You? Thank you. Sweet Tooth okay. from the Twisted Metal franchise. I was having a whole moment there where I was like, are you, is that what's happening right now? <laughs> it's just a van with a clown head on it. it, it's, it I guess it, it should be an ice cream something. cone if it's Sweet Tooth, but still. I Maybe Sweet Tooth had to rebrand in the mid to late 90s. Who knows? <laughs> and this clown, whose name is Norm Snively. Oh my God, I know. I... <laughs> You couldn't have just named him Mr. Villain? You <laughs> Norm Snively is the most villainous name I've ever heard. <laughs> I did not remember how much of a role Norm Snively the clown played in this year motion picture. Are you ready are you ready for something that's going to rock you to your very core, Mark? This character is just Finkel from fucking frosty the snowman it's just the magician <laughs> character right. from frosty the snowman again but he's a clown so instead much. it's the same thing that is perfect yeah that's exactly right <laughs> the dog is just the magic hat <laughs> the most distressing thing about this 
clown to me is the uh, the actor Michael Jeter mm-hmm. in real life is married to a man whose last name is Blue. Okay. And that's what he calls the dog all through the movie. Oh, Blue. Right. And it really messes with my head for some reason. <laughs> Why is your dog named after your husband? I know that's not his choice, but it's still weird. Mark, you're no, you're 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 helping me out here because I was trying to here's how I watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie and from about not minute one, but about minute five, I was like, there's something queer about this and I don't know what it is. There's, <laughs> there's some queer shit happening here and I don't understand exactly what it is other than, other than the fact that Josh looks like the epitome of lesbian fashion as far as I'm sure. concerned. <laughs> I'm, this, is a comp, this is a compliment, listeners. This is not, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. I saw it and I was like. Kristen Stewart is envious of whatever you got going on here, kid. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very nineties film in a lot of ways. So there's this like overlap between like gay, comfy camp, like butch stuff and just yep. the dweebiest nineties boys clothes. It's absolutely. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's look, don't take my word for it. <laughs> like, I, I know Listen, this is I could just, just show thing. you my wife's wardrobe. We're it's okay here. Right? Yeah, 100%. And I would probably look at it and go, I would wear everything in that wardrobe. You would. Yeah. You guys have the same fashion sense. Uh, So, yeah, that helps me out here that that I know you you didn't say Michael Jeter, did you? (laughs) What's this guy's name? Yeah, I think. Michael Michael Jeter. Jeter? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Jeter. Michael Jeter Jeter as Norm Snively. Snively. Whatever. Snively? Snively Whiplash. He's Snively from the Sad AM Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. He's that tiny man with the large nose. Uh, okay. So yeah, after the bird, we're just going to watch like five to eight minutes of this clown. Uh, this movie already off the bat. I already, I know we weren't getting into this for like high art, but sure. <laughs> the links they go to, to try to like excuse the, like the physical comedy and quotes that's happening at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> It's, I was already, why is this still happening? And then there was a banana peel on a couch that he slips on. Yeah. What? That's right. What? <laughs> what is what? the tone that this film is establishing? I just, it, it starts off, listeners, with, hey kids, it's happy slappy time. That's like the yep. <laughs> first words that this sad clown man says to any other living person in this movie. The tone of this movie is so like it's Black it's a time. nature documentary for a second. Yeah. And then it is absolutely <laughs> like Chaplin-esque slapstick comedy for a while. And then it's like Very a movie generous. about an abusive dog and a sad kid with a dead dad. And then it's a it, comedy basketball film. It's all over the place. It's everything. <laughs> Every time the scene changes, the emotional tenor of this film changes. <laughs> it's got it all, Mark. It sure does. <laughs> it's the most complete film we've ever watched on this. Your program. <laughs> so uh, the clown guy, Norm, has a uh-huh. dog partner. Yes. And... That's it. That's that's it. That's that. <laughs> He's a very talented dog. The dog is way more talented than the clown who cannot juggle three things. And then whenever they make a big mess and the clown doesn't get paid for his gig, presumably. 
Right. Yep. Uh, he gets thrown out of it. Look, I, <laughs> I don't mean, I'm not saying this to be sexist. I'm just saying that this is, that my brain had trouble wrapping my head around the moment that this grown man is heaved out of his, like the front door and this like five foot nothing woman is standing at the door. Yeah. Uh, like she grabbed him by his collar and tails and chucked him out the door. <laughs> Yeah, like, he got jazzed, like, in... <laughs> right? Yep. At the end of this failed gig, mm-hmm. he just puts the dog in a crate in the back of his truck and doesn't, yes. like, close the tailgate. So, right. eventually, Buddy the dog, in his crate, falls out of the truck and is just, like, sitting in his crate on the road next to a field of cows. Mark, did it, like, strike something in you when the, the crate hits the ground and the dog yelps? Because my, my yep. body had a visceral reaction to that. Yep. Yep. There's a couple of moments where I know this is a fictional movie and this dog is an actor, which is a real Uh statement. This dog was an actor who went on television and movies regularly. He did. I believe he started like, or at least came to like national prominence on the David Letterman show. Yeah, he was on Letterman. At least that's where I remember (laughs) seeing this dog. And maybe it's just credit this dog as a great actor. I don't know. There are several moments where I physically recoil at uh, emotional or physical violence done to this dog. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Including right now, because this crate's on the in the middle of the road, it gets hit mm-hmm. by an SUV, and then they just drive away. The mom, the mom of like this is the family. This is right. We're meeting the mom and Josh, who hit a dog crate, and a dog comes out of the dog crate, and then they just <laughs> drive off. The tone's all over the place. A dog wearing a sad clown costume. What does this movie want us to feel? (laughs) And I think the answer is everything. Yeah, every emotion possible somewhere in this movie. And Josh just looks real (laughs) sad at this dog. He does. And this is so we then get the story that this family is moving to a new town. (laughs) They're a little bit late for the start of school. School's been going for a month or two. Mom has a job at a napkin factory, which is such a weird. I love yeah. it. It's a, like what a great choice, but it's such a weird choice. That the third feels largest like, napkin factory in North America. That feels like a lie. That feels like a lie. <laughs> that feels like just something she made up to tell her kids because she doesn't want sure. to tell her tell them what she actually does. <laughs> and just to have it on record, I don't care what she does. If that kid needs a stepdad, <laughs> I'm available. They got a big old house for the three they three do. of them. It's just a massive house. I, okay, we're look. Class critiques is going to come into account somewhere in this <laughs> podcast because it always does, and I can't believe it's happening in Airbud. But the stark <laughs> difference that's happening, like it's this is just how insidious shit is, Mark. This is just how insidious shit is. I promise. It's not like they meant to necessarily say all the shit, but it's just under the surface that like the mom works two jobs to keep her family going right and she's working class and look at this nice house they have and like they have everything (laughs) whereas the the sad clown doesn't do his job if he was just working hard and doing better (laughs) he'd be better off and not trying to like (laughs) stacking beer cans outside of his little shack (laughs) like it's it feels so weird to me mark (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right we're gonna, yeah, we're we're gonna, gonna pause <laughs> this weird slapstick movie to oh, go wow. into sad kid backstory he's just gonna pull out a uh, framed photograph of his dead dad and stare mm-hmm. at it for a minute 
right. and this is move what I'm on to a different photograph of his dead dad. Yeah, this is why I said, like, if he needs a stepdad, I'm here. <laughs> I know he's out of the picture. He's gone. <laughs> and it's just like we get a little montage of the kid being sad. You know, he lost his father. He's at a new school. He doesn't have any friends. His mom is busy. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just kind of establish all of that in a couple minute school montage, including the fact that he plays the trombone. Apparently, or is starting to play the trombone. Right. Like, which I, for some reason I to guess. me is the saddest of instruments is it because sad trombone because right. it's, a, it's yes. a thing that we have <laughs> so it all works that all works like we're just it's very quick 90s film shorthand uh, mm-hmm. to establish this sad kid yeah i say 90s i'm pretty sure we're still using a lot of these tropes in a lot of movies for sure and then he's like he has the sad trombone moment and then he's like walking home from school and finds an abandoned church next to the river <laughs> yeah yep and and decides i'm gonna hop this fence at the abandoned church and there's yep. a basketball court behind the, the yes fence for the sad abandoned church yes and there's this a, is there's where, so much back there this is where this movie detaches from reality i feel <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because i'm like no way in hell the people who owned this church which just let some kid wander in there in some rural ass neighbor. Like wh- where is this? This is like a suburban neighborhood in like, I don't know. It looks like Ohio. Where the fuck is this movie set? Mark? I have no idea. Honestly, somewhere in middle America and there's think, no way I in hell they're going to let some Washington? stranger wander in. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Oh, because, <laughs> because they play someone from Spokane. Yes. Yeah, like that was exactly what I was Spokane. thinking. <laughs> so, I don't know. And maybe there's a Spokane, Ohio. <laughs> Spokane, Nebraska. Because um, it, it looks more like that than it does like... Fucking, They're from somewhere called Fernfield. That's how I remember that sign. Fur- Fernfield. Welcome to Fernfield, where everything is possible. It's uh, Sure. <laughs> there's a road I, sign in this movie there is a road sign and i i saw it it had a really bad logo it was like a fern and a house <laughs> sure within the negative space and it didn't really like sell what it was i was very upset <laughs> as somebody who whose graphic design is my passion <laughs> i saw that and i was like that's not good that was just that's a bad logo for this town fernfield's just a bad name too it's like they they named the first two like things they saw when they stepped outside <laughs> and we're like that's the name of this place <laughs> No, because as a, as a man from Miller's Town, I feel I have very little room to comment. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Now I so yeah, this kid just has his own little like weird palatial estate behind a church. It's got a basketball court. It's got a river or a lake or something like an enormous body of water. Something. And nobody is ever here. It's just like it's his own little private Xanadu. Yeah, I feel like the people who owned that, the land that that church is on would see that kid and be like, get the fuck off our property. <laughs> but like the but more Jesus-y than that. <laughs> Are we sure that this like this town is called Fernfield and not White Town? <laughs> like it, it could be White Town. The people who wrote the Billboard Year and Hot 100 single. <laughs> You're a woman. Number 65 the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 1997. You're a woman by White Town. Is that anything? Is this anything? Sure. <laughs> I don't so know what you're talking about. There's two, two whole black people in this movie. One of them is a child who plays <laughs> basketball and one of them's a grown up who plays basketball. 
Mark, one of them is a kid that gets benched early in this movie. <laughs> okay. And then the other one is the janitor, who's a disgraced former basketball player for the New York Knicks. Yep. Not the height of representation. <laughs> There's a specific stock trope the new, the, called the magical black man. Yeah, that it, one. It, like, it, it goes all the way back to, like, mm-hmm. the noble savage tropes and, it's and gross. other. It's bad. Yeah. But that's. This guy is in this film. He's great. Like he's I love this coach. That's he's maybe the best actor in this film. He's definitely the best actor in this film, and he's just been stuck with this horrible trope of a role. <laughs> so this kid goes to school and he goes to basketball tryouts, but the coach doesn't doesn't even give him a tryout. He's just like, Look, kid, do you like basketball? You could be our manager. Like we need someone to fill up like, water bottles and whatnot. <laughs> hey kid, you like basketball? This coach. You like <laughs> I had to most of this movie, like the the minor beats obviously had like lapsed in in my brain of like, sure, I have no idea what actually happened in this movie because I haven't seen it in like a lifetime. <laughs> right. But um, this, this coach right off the bat, I was like, oh, yeah, this coach fucking sucks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate this man. This coach is a very good representation of the toxic sports coach. Yeah which is a thing that exists all over the place in real life. <laughs> yeah. Also known as any coach that would have run a fucking sports team in any yep. like small town America in the 90s. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was glad because I did not like, I remembered at some point Arthur became the coach. I didn't remember the transition and I was glad that eventually the movie just leans the whole way into like, Oh yes, this man is physically abusive. <laughs> Yeah, not even, doesn't even sugarcoat it, which honestly, like, good for you, film. Right, yeah, because there's, especially in this era still, we tended to glorify that kind of hard-nosed, toxic sports coach. You know, the mm-hmm. rub some dirt in it, get back up, hit him again, I don't want to see whatever, there's no crying in base. Like, that was a glorified thing for a long time. So it's cool to see this movie paint him as the villain. Yeah, he <laughs> villain, along we, with the clown. <laughs> along with the clown we uh yeah we covered d3 the mighty ducks earlier on this right we know what we're talking about here you should like i i will confer everything you just said i will confirm it it's 100 percent accurate as the noted sportsman on staff (laughs) the third one sucks inc this all is exactly how things went down so yeah so kid's gonna be the basketball manager he'll keep the stats he'll fill up the water bottles he'll do the laundry etc he's the water boy they call him the manager but he's just the water boy (laughs) yeah well the coach calls him the manager all of the players call him the water boy because they're like we like we're not stupid coach we know what's going on (laughs) right (laughs) so that's that that kind of sets up our first third of the film (laughs) because now we're going to meet bud Mm-hmm. again like in, in in literal tatters of a clown costume this just dirt cake uh, dog with shreds of a dog-sized clown costume clinging to his shoulders sure is <laughs> and he's hanging out near the uh, basketball court that's how josh finds him yeah he he crawls right into them bushes it's like he's Barely Breathing by Duncan <laughs> Sheik, Billboard Year and Hot 100 Singles of 1997's number 18. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, yeah. So Josh's meeting buddy mm-hmm. who doesn't trust humans because, you know, he's been raised by a dude who 
beats him all of the time. And the way Josh wins his love is with vanilla pudding cups. At this moment, I noted to myself that if this mom had bought the kid chocolate pudding cups to take to school, we'd be watching a very different movie. (laughs) It was a very dark thought, but it's one that I had nonetheless. (laughs) No. So they bond. And that's the next thing we get is this sort of like montage bit of Josh and Buddy initially sharing pudding and then playing basketball. And then Josh takes him home and gives him SpaghettiOs. There's just something like there's some we're back to comedy in case in case we weren't clear on the tone of the film. Now we're back to like goofy slapstick. Josh is trying to throw the dog in the bath and the dog is like knocking over white wash cans yeah they're now like they he's drug him into the bathroom and they're tubs up and by chumba one but the 69 <laughs> number of urines well, I, you get it you get the bit <laughs> i didn't have to complete it i don't know how tub thumping managed to work its way in but that's a pretty good that's a pretty good one nice nice work chumba wumba <laughs> seemed like pretty cool people low-key <laughs> like they actually seem like pretty cool people <laughs> So the mom gets home, house is destroyed by a dog. She is not. Yeah, who would be? Yeah, that's fair. But the, I do not know how to deal with the mom in this movie because all of her reactions are like, she she's is not a character. She's, she's not a character. <laughs> she's that's a single okay. mom who's working hard to take care of her kids. Cool. She clearly is invested in her son's like mental and emotional well-being, which is great. She's paying attention. She's talking to teachers and principals. She like that's all very good. She's very aware of the fact that her kid is struggling. He needs companionship. And then this dog shows up and she's like, get that dog fucking out of my house. <laughs> yeah, I love I love your notes. <laughs> my kid needs friends, but fuck this dumb dog. <laughs> Like, it's just a bridge too far for her to let yeah, the kid right. keep the dog. It's, yeah, it seems ridiculous to me, too. And eventually, he's going to drag, like, a refrigerator box. He's like, it's raining. We're going to make him a doghouse out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. She'll definitely stop the rain. Yeah, it's... And the mom's just like, stop it. The dog, the, the, stop putting... Get, don't give shelter to that dog. <laughs> right. Have less of a heart. <laughs> It's a very weird. She's a very good mom through all of the rest of this movie, and is just inexplicably angry at this dog. Yeah, look, yeah, <laughs> she's really mad at this dog for some reason. <laughs> all right, well, so boy, somewhere in here, we end up in the laundry room because Josh is like apparently part of the manager's duty is also doing the team's basketball laundry and so he's just in like the gymnasium's laundry facilities you're that's what they're called i guess i don't like is that that must be a thing i've never thought about this before clearly like we've talked about this previously i went to a very small high school Mm -hmm. and so i I played many sports because if you wanted to play there was a spot on the team for you there were not enough people on any of the teams but like the way our laundry got done is we all took home our laundry and did our laundry yeah. The idea of like a team facility. Right. Wow. <laughs> Why yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Like whenever <laughs> I heard about schools that had like you have a pool at your school? What? Yeah. They have pools at schools? <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> so so this is where he meets 
Arthur, who is the janitor, who we've <laughs> seen a couple of times, almost like sinisterly lurking in the back. That's not what he's supposed to be doing, but the way the, the shots frame him the first couple of times, he's just like there in the background watching. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. He's there for some reason. And so he's going to give the kids some laundry advice. And then he's going to ask him basically like, clearly you love basketball. Why are you hanging out just doing the laundry? And Josh's answer is, I don't know. I just, I love basketball that much. I got to be near it. Josh, Josh looks up in his face and goes, I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. <laughs> By Meredith Brooks, the number 15 song on the Billboard year in 100 singles of 1997. 1997 went off, Mark. I'm telling you. It was an iconic year for everyone who grew up in the 90s. <laughs> all we get from the janitor for a while is just this vague suggestion that he knows something about basketball he'll be back later don't worry but first it's christmas time before it's christmas <laughs> and for a minute it seemed like the mom's gift was buddy can come inside now I like guess? she brings him in and puts a bow on his head and he's like ah oh, thanks mom this is great but then for the rest of the movie buddy still lives in a doghouse outside well yeah because it was the 90s and these are white people <laughs> like, i guess so uh, like i don't know i i feel what like was the gift though like what was the point of the he got to come inside for a day that was his christmas gift that i guess is the gift is the dog got to come inside and be paraded around like a an object for christmas you know how i've held the thread of like getting rid of the one thing my child loves over his head until christmas <laughs> right, day right. and then i made him mysteriously vanish the like the second that he woke up <laughs> I'm going to, this is very like, this is very, I'm going to save you from the things that I'm going to do to you is like behavior from the mom. (laughs) (laughs) We did, we neglected to mention that somewhere between meeting buddy and now Uh buddy figured out how to climb the trellises and like walk across the roof to get into Josh's room. How does this strike you? Mark, how do you feel about this dog who can do literally anything? I don't know. I don't know how to deal with Buddy. I don't know how to deal with anything in this movie. It's all very, like, Buddy is intelligent Mm -hmm. and clearly has agency. I don't know. What is Buddy's deal? I don't understand what this character is. I don't know. All I know is that you hate birds that can do people things. So I'm trying to figure out where the line is. because I hate birds specifically (laughs) that can speak human speech. It's fine if a parrot is like mimicking a thing another person says and we draw a comedy from that. Like, haha, it's uh-huh. funny. When a bird speaks actual human conversation, unless it's full of a movie of other talking animals, I'm I'm out. I'm angry. I hate it. Fascinating. You know, like we have some smart ass birds in the world, right, Mark? Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just just so we're clear. <laughs> birds can be real fucking smart. Crows are smart as shit, actually, it turns out. <sighs> How come a dog can functionally communicate and cats can functionally communicate with us in, in a bilingual manner? Crows can, like, give us gifts and everything. Why is the parrots being able to make human speech because they've learned it, how to say certain things? <laughs> it's Why not that they're able to make far? human speech. That's fine. Uh-huh. It is when it is clear that they aren't like, well, I've learned these words and I'm utilizing these specific words in this learned situation to accomplish this thing. And when the bird just suddenly starts carrying out casual human conversation. No, that's not. You didn't learn those words to use in that scenario. You have just 
clearly learned the English language in its entirety. Okay. That's so, weird. Okay, so Polly want a cracker. Fine. Double or nothing. We've crossed a line. Yep. Okay. Just, I'm <laughs> trying to figure out where that line is for you. I just wanted to make sense. It is in my head when the animal moves from clearly a very smart animal to has human linguistic ability. A dolphin that can squeak and communicate with humans? Sure, great. A dolphin that suddenly starts speaking the king's English? That's weird. That's a different movie. Fuck, man, I love that. That's one of my favorite <laughs> Simpsons bits. <laughs> And it's okay if that's the sort of movie you're having, but that's a different sort of movie. And just because the bird can use its voice box to shape human words doesn't mean the bird suddenly has mastered the king's English. And when you pretend like it now has full access to language, Mm -hmm. uh, that's weird to me. And again, it's fine, but it's a different kind of movie. It's a talking animals movie, and that's different. I guess so. Look, that's just your opinion, Mark. And I just want the audience to know that you can watch and enjoy whatever you want. If it makes you happy by Sheryl Crow, the number 55 hot 100 year in singles of 1997. Are you ready for a particularly weird tangent? Please, please be about Sheryl Crow. James, are you familiar with the Kevin James movie Zookeeper? Only in name. Right. It exists. (laughs) I know it exists. So I think I've told you before, I used to very regularly go to our local drive-in movie theaters and watch whatever movies they were playing. Sure. Is Cheryl Crow in this movie? Don't run Cheryl Crow for me. (laughs) No, no. This is... So I saw Kevin James movies sometimes because they were popular and they would just be part of whatever double feature was happening. Part of the dark contract that you make with the drive-in movies is you're staying for both movies. At least that's what we always did. I don't know why. So I saw a Paul, a Paul Blart, the drive-ins, and then sometime later I saw Zookeeper. And for the first chunk of the movie, like, I don't remember, somewhere between 10 and 40 minutes of the movie, it is just Paul Blart Zookop. Like, that's the movie. He's a, he's. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know what this movie is, right? Like, he's just the zookeeper. He's like the night watchman at the zoo or whatever. Like, that's his job. He just, like, wanders around and protects the zoo. And then somewhere about 40 minutes in or 15, I'm unclear. It's been a while. All of the animals start talking to him and not like in his imagination. They're just suddenly all talking animals. Oh, yeah, I know about this. Yeah. And it's now a very different, it is no longer Paul Blart Zoo Cop. It's suddenly Magical Talking Zoo, the movie. It's a different movie. Also, Joe Rogan's in it, so there's nothing good about oh, that Oh, no. Oh, that's awful. You ruined it for me. I was so excited to see it, and then that other shoe finally dropped. I'm going to tie this all back together, because the McElboys have a, a podcast called uh, Till Dead Through His Blart, where they watch yep. Paul Blart Mall Cop every year. <laughs> And the coach in this movie, the first time I saw him, my first response was, oh, yeah, this guy sucks. And my second reaction was, this is just an elderly Justin McElroy. (laughs) (laughs) This is what Justin McElroy is going to look like in like 20 to 30 years, right? Anyway, where are we in this movie? Oh, no. Oh, this is where we learned that Buddy can actually play basketball. Oh, yeah. Because after after Christmas Day, they head out to the court. And Josh starts tossing the ball around, and Buddy mm-hmm. starts balling out. <laughs> oh, I love how you put that. The whitest man on earth, Mark. <laughs> balling out. Yeah, it's, it's real good. I 
am so annoyed at this sequence, Mark, and you're <laughs> never going to guess what it is that annoys me. I have no, I, I don't know. <laughs> Genuinely have no clue. It's whenever he makes the basket, it makes the noise of a mesh hoop and not a metal one. Ah, oh, that's no, that's a very good, very good, weird annoyance. <laughs> I, look, I'm a noted sportsman and this is very right. important to me. <laughs> and then it can, can use to do that for every single basket <laughs> after that. Yeah, you get that you get that classic like synthetic hoop swish sound every yeah. time the ball goes in the hoop. And it's a ratty old like not ratty because again, made of metal. It's sure, this sure. rusted falling apart metal chain hoop from an old <laughs> like abandoned church basketball court. I did not catch that, but you know, of course you the noted sportsman would. Of course I would. You were too busy just being enthralled by the fact that a dog could play basketball. Yeah. It's delightful. I'm not going to lie. It's great. Hoop noises aside, watching this goofy dog doing his stupid human tricks is fun. There is specifically a music cue later in this movie (laughs) that doesn't happen, but could have happened because it would have been timely in 1997 that I I wanted to happen so bad and it didn't. And I feel like, I mean, listener, the if you have like, for this movie is making a bunch of weird choices. <laughs> it is. It could look again. 1997, incredible. It's like maybe the best year of music in the 90s, in my sure. opinion. And they could have had the most baller ass sound. See, now you got me doing it. Now you got me. <laughs> you saying balling out and shit. The second whitest man on earth. <laughs> uh, they could have a banger soundtrack, and they just don't. They, it's it's a whole lot of. <laughs> nothing and sad violins <laughs> and then weird like cartoon circus music when the clown shows up yeah he sure does i uh... <laughs> all right so somewhere in here mm-hmm. the basketball team loses a couple of players some kids moved or something i don't i don't remember and the coach is inexplicably discussing this with the janitor yeah and i only say inexplicably because this coach seems like an awful human who would not take another human's advice this coach does not look like somebody who would stay after school to speak to a black man. Right. We don't have yes. to sugarcoat it. This man looks awful. He looks like he would hate crime you. For what? Absolutely the answer does. is yes. The answer is yes. For every single instance that a hate crime could occur, he would do it. <laughs> and the janitor suggests like having some tryouts or something. And the coach is like, listen, you know where people's lockers are, right? Go stick these flyers in them. You spend your time spying on children, right? <laughs> so you know where all their lockers are. So, so what are course, you getting at? <laughs> what is the suggestion there? Like, I don't understand. I don't either. He's like, you certainly know where all the where all the like athletic boys keep lockers? their stuff, right? What is that? What is <laughs> what is this conversation? I don't know. I mean, we need this to happen because Janitor Arthur is going to put one of these flyers into Josh's locker, and we <laughs> need a reason to to make that happen but it's very weird the coach is like i guess you would probably know where all of the like cool athletic boys lockers are right sure (laughs) he knows them but like i feel like he only knows the upper class boys and not the under class ones because they were merely freshmen by the verb the number 21 song on the year in hot 100 singles of 1997 of course i do like that dumb song Look, it's 1997 was a banger year for music. <laughs> I'm legitimately having to pick and choose what I can even do like a joke on. It's look, listener, we're just getting, oh, we're going to take a break from the podcast and just, I want to mention something that there's no way we're going to be able to insert into, <laughs> into this episode. Otherwise, 
uh, how the hell am I going to get Mbop by Hanson in here? I don't know, <laughs> but it feels necessary because this child looks like he could have been in Hanson. He sure does. All of the children do. They all, all, right? all Every child in this school could be a member of Hanson. <laughs> They're all background dancers for Hanson. <laughs> My very next note in the actual document is bowl cuts abound. Everywhere. Yeah. I look, I... I believe I can fly, R. Kelly. It was in the other basketball movie for children this year. <laughs> I feel like I already burned it earlier. I'd be remiss to like not mention Semi Charm Life by Third Eye Blind. Sure, sure. So much like peak nineties culture. Yeah, music very, this year, very Mark. peak nineties songs you're mentioning here. Mo Money, Mo Problems, The Notorious B.I.G., Puff Daddy, Maze. Come like, yep, come on. It's all the way down. It, it's a <laughs> Savage Garden, fucking No Diggity by Black, Black Street featuring Dr. Dre. But there's no way I was going to mention Genuine's Pony in this movie, <laughs> but it happened this year. The dip happened Man, this year. Genuine Mark? is just peak 90s to me. Like the the entire being mm-hmm. and essence of mm-hmm. Genuine is 90s R&B. For sure. <laughs> the dip by Freak Nasty happened this year. Mark. Are you not transported, as I'm saying all these words to you in this order, to a skating rink somewhere? I mean, this was my early high school years. This is like, these are the songs of high school for me. This was, this is the, these are the sounds of my youth. You're a little older than me, but this is like, absolutely. This is the shit I was into in like 1997. Oh goodness. Okay. I feel like we've burned through a lot of these. We can get back to the movie at any point now. I I mean, I am very happy just listening to a list of songs that I like. It's great for me. (laughs) This terrible content for the listener, but for you, Mark specifically, you're really into this actually. Yeah. All right. So Josh is now at basketball tryouts because Arthur put a flyer in his locker. And mm-hmm. the coach is like, what are you doing inviting this stupid water boy, I mean manager, mm-hmm. to try out for the basketball team? Yeah, because he says, I want to be on the team. Just like, I want to be your lover by Spice Girls, the number <laughs> 10 song on the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 1997. <laughs> it turns out, you know, Josh is pretty good at basketball. He's going to make the team. Hooray. It turns out he's pretty good at it. That's it. There's no, I'm not, this is a yeah. segue to another bit. It's just, <laughs> he's just pretty good at basketball. He's actually, and he's good at it. Mark. <laughs> Did that, was that included with that before we got started where I told you that the description of the, where <laughs> no, I watched this movie was started. like, this dog, this dog can play basketball actually. Like the sport of, like he enjoys playing the sport <laughs> basketball and he's good at it. <laughs> like every sentence, it was like a, they were more and more surprised by the premise of the movie they were actively advertising. So, so the first game that Josh gets to play in, mm-hmm. Buddy is lonely because Josh isn't home that night. He's playing basketball. Right. Buddy's going through Four Seasons of Loneliness by Boys to Men, the number 30 <laughs> sure song is. on the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 1997. So he, you know, he makes his way to the school and then makes his way to the basketball court, which I don't know why this fact astounds me, but the basketball court is on the second floor. Buddy goes up some steps to get to the basketball court. Oh, yeah, that is weird, huh? Or maybe I think what's happening there, because I don't think the stairs are that high up. I think what's happening is the school was built on an incline. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And so it's actually ground level somewhere else. And like, there's like, but there are like windows down underneath. What is that? Is that where the laundry room is? I don't know. (laughs) 
who knows whatever the point is buddy is at the game and disruptive you know he thinks he's just gonna play some ball with josh mm-hmm. the crowd gets a kick out of it i enjoy listening to the crowd react to buddy the dog accidentally showing up and then scoring a basket yeah <laughs> that dog ruins everything because he got so tired of being all by myself by celine dion the number 49 song on the billboard year in hot 100 singles of 1997 just destroys everything just in that gym wrecks the gym and then afterward they're downstairs josh and his mom are like getting ready to leave the school and this other mom shows up and she's like hey here's my daughter and just like shoves her daughter at them that moment in the movie is so weird for so (laughs) many reasons but i i had to jot down one thing that was absurd to me as like a 12 year old watching this and is still absurd to me now is this excited woman being like a regular michael Woof, jordan what is that mark what What is is that that? that's not a what (laughs) what is that that's not a thing (laughs) that's nothing that's yeah what that's as nothing as this movie and podcast are. <laughs> I do not understand that line at all. Michael Wolf hey, Jordan? Michael Wolf Jordan. A regular Michael. That's nothing. That's not a joke on anything. It You're just putting a wolf in the if middle she had of said it. a regular Michael Wolf Jordan, but she absolutely woofs, as, as yeah. you did when you were quoting it. A Michael Wolf Jordan. Mark, she could have just said, we have a regular Charles Barkley. Like, he was playing the sport at the time. Why couldn't? <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so annoyed at the lack of an appropriate dog pun in this moment by this woman i do love <laughs> josh's mom at this game who has the line yay josh twice yay josh <laughs> and it cracks me up every time it happens such a normal way to cheer her <laughs> yay josh yeah that's how that's how you cheer on your kid for sure but it's cool that she's here. She makes it to all the games. She is, yeah. aside from her weird hatred of Buddy, a very good mom. Right. <laughs> and then while they're having, so the whole point of this discussion here is that the daughter is like the head of the pep squad or something, and they want Buddy to do a halftime show or something he, like that. This girl is literally not even a character in this movie. She's in this one scene. That's it. Just for, I guess, the lead. And, Josh does not even look into her, is the thing. Josh looks at her and is like, okay, there's a person? I don't understand. Oh, okay. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. You're gonna figure out why later, buddy. It has something to do with the way you dress. <laughs> While that is all happening, uh-huh. Buddy's gonna go rescue a kid from an abusive coach. This movie is full of wild tone shifts this is maybe the strangest of all of them because we go on a dime from michael wolf jordan and this excited like minnesota nice ass woman to (laughs) this this coach pelting a young boy in the face with basketballs and he has a bloody nose just chucking balls at him because he didn't catch he's like he's gonna learn to catch the ball next time movie do you know what you're trying to do at all do you ha- where's the roadmap for this in this film does it exist do we know where we're going 
very odd. And so, of course, his coach is going to get fired. And Josh, I think, talks to the principal, right? Yeah. And says, like, hey, I happen to know that you're employing an ex-NBA star on the janitorial staff. How about we make him the coach? He, he walks into his office. He dials up his phone. And he's like, hey, Marvin, it's your cousin. I got the next big thing for you. It's one of those moments, but it's with the child suggesting the janitor to be the coach of his school. <laughs> that is kind of the same energy it has you're right <laughs> at least it wants to it wants that energy is the thing <laughs> so now there's a new coach and he's a teamwork coach yeah he bounces an invisible basketball we're back in my yeah. ducks territory <laughs> where we're just gonna do something ridiculous and uh, yeah. every movie after karate kid wanted their wax on wax off moment and none of them landed (laughs) we're gonna pass some eggs on the ice we're gonna dribble an invisible basketball right this this is nothing (laughs) but he is at least a nice coach who seems to care about the kids yeah i mean that's great for sure yeah (laughs) his coaching style is weird but you know whatever he's not physically abusing the players so massive improvement (laughs) step up (laughs) We then get a halftime, like Bud shows, Air Bud shows up for a halftime show, and he's mm-hmm. a little nervous at first because in his experience, performing in front of crowds means that he gets beat later. He's not really focused. He's worried about the crowds. He's get it all together. And then suddenly it strikes him and it's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion, the number 50 <laughs> song on the Billboard year in Hot 100 singles of 1997. <laughs> and he makes a shot and the crowd loves it. Every, like Buddy is a fan favorite and he's now, I think, just the team mascot immediately. Yeah, he. I mean, because he gets his mom together. decided it. I think. I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure. really clear on any of this bit. Just Bud shows up, and then suddenly he is the team mascot and doing the halftime shows. This would have been the Michael Wolf Jordan moment, right? Yes. Or no, wait, I don't no. Okay, they. She suggests that they become like the mascot and do the halftime show before this moment happens. Is where we're getting things out of sync here. That's what's happening. Well, Bud shows up at a game just at random because he's lonely. Right. Yes, and, and then, then after that game, the mom is like, "He's a regular Michael Wolf Jordan." <laughs> Here's my daughter. Let's make Bud the feature of the halftime show. And then the what? next game, Bud shows up what at the halftime show. Have to do with any of it? I don't I understand. Think she's like up on the pep squad or something yeah but like, maybe the why? pep squad plans a halftime show i don't know man this podcast is all over the <laughs> place but it's fine every day is a winding road by show crow the number 60 billboard year in hot 100 single of 1997 so we're gonna have we're gonna have a bit of just like fun basketball montage uh larry leaves the team at some point because the coach takes him out because he's playing all by himself i guess right he's showboating he's not he's not playing he's not a team player and so coach arthur sends in josh and the dad's like come on larry we're moving to spokane <laughs> yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's very i we i think we spoke off mike earlier about how like this man just plays this character and everything i think i've ever seen him in like he he's just this guy he's just larry's yep. belligerent father in Correct. every movie <laughs> Like, he's a character actor, and it's just this character. It is this character. Awful, abusive, middle-aged white dad. So Larry leaves, and Josh misses a, like, he shoots a very bad shot to end the game, Mm -hmm. and the coach pulls him aside. He's like, listen, Josh, you shot that for the wrong reasons. You want it glory. You got to be more like your dog, Bud, who just loves the game. (laughs) You got to be more like this dog. The amount of Dog doesn't care about his stats. 
the amount of times that this man looks at this dog and is like, be like the dog, these <laughs> human children, it starts to verge on like, this feels, maybe you're not much better than the last coach, actually. <laughs> you keep telling them that they are worse than dogs yeah when you're literally telling them that this dog is better at what he does than you you could (laughs) i'm just saying you could find a better way to phrase what you want out of the kids buddy (laughs) in in the the midst of all this they, they become a winning team they're like yeah bud becomes like a local news interest story because of course he does he's the basketball there, playing dog. There is a headline on a newspaper that just says dog inspires comeback that cracked me the fuck up, Martin. <laughs> I forgot about the newspaper headline. That's very It was good. ridiculous. And this is how uh the clown comes back into the movie because he sees yeah, Buddy on TV. <laughs> Like, that's gotta, that's my dog. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going to happen is the, the clown is magic. <laughs> the clown is just going to show up at Josh's house and talk to his mom. And initially he's doing this very like, ah, shucks, me and my dog kind of routine. It's in, and he keeps calling him old blue. You know, I just, I miss old blue. He's my dog. We've been doing these clown shows together he has like a flyer from his clown show yeah i definitely didn't just make up this name on the spot right <laughs> the clown and the hound uh <laughs> and yeah it's cl- clearly the dog was just called dog or hound until we had to prove that he loved the dog he's like it's old uh blue me and old blue this is every abusive dad trying to weasel his way back into the kid's life after a divorce <laughs> yeah <laughs> is the energy that this guy has come on champ sport <laughs> you know i've always loved well you know you know how i care about you <laughs> you know i've always loved keeping my child support payments to myself <laughs> okay so um, but he does have like the dog's paperwork to prove that he bought the dog so the mom gives buddy to the sad clown <laughs> That's right. the thing that happens yeah, this man, like, not, like, is not being subtle about how shitty he is to this dog while dragging the dog away from no, these people. He definitely is not. Just being Josh, cartoonishly Josh watching, evil. Just watching his dog be drug away while his mom's like, what do you want me to do? He's got the papers. I, my hands are tied. He has his name on a few <laughs> pieces of paper. <laughs> so, so we have a little sad Josh montage until his coach cheers him up with a signed basketball card, which inspires him, I guess, to go free buddy. I'm unclear of the emotional framework there, but whatever. It doesn't really, there's not much. There's nothing that it shouldn't work. <laughs> it's, it shouldn't and it doesn't. It's just, his coach is like, you got to play it from the heart. And he's like, I should go free my dog. <laughs> okay, movie. <laughs> That is exactly what happens. <laughs> My next note says, Josh frees Buddy from the clown who then drives into a lake. Look, that's accurate. Which is an accurate summary of what happens in this film. He looks into the camera and he thinks about the, <laughs> the clown getting his way and he says, Not Tonight by Lil' Kim featuring DeBrat, <laughs> Left Eye, Missy Elliott, and Angie De Martinez. <laughs> DeBrat. <laughs> Number 46 right here. <laughs> Good, good for them. Good. Way to go, Lil' Kim and Missy Elliott and 
everyone else. Where are we in this movie? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, the clown has driven into a lake. Yeah, the clown drives into a lake, and then <laughs> Josh does the thing where he's like, I don't want you anymore. Run away, because it's better for Why? you. So what? So... Let's, so let me frame this just a smidge. Sure. So Josh like frees the dog, you know, yanks him, yanks his chain loose, sets him free. The clown okay. starts chasing them in his giant weird clown van. They get on a, a barge, I think. Sure. And sail either across the river or to an island. I am unclear. It seems like an island. It I, seems to me like an island. I they feel take like he a abandons his dog on an to island. an island where Josh then leaves him as though that is a nice. And I know I know the idea is like, well, if I take you back, the clown will just come get you again. So I'll set you free. But he's just setting a domesticated dog loose on an island. Yeah, that dog's not going to have a good time. That's not a good life for that dog. That dog would have starved to death if you didn't pump his guts full of vanilla pudding and SpaghettiOs <laughs> right. back at you, man. Right. And also, while chasing them, the clown didn't just like, you know, oversteer a bit and drive into the river. He like James Bond stunt car drove into the river. That's too generous. What happened is, because he's a dirty, awful poor, his entire car fell apart <laughs> while true. he was trying to chase down his dog. That's just a thing that happens. <laughs> Isn't it funny that this dirty redneck, his his whole car is falling apart, and then he flies into a river? Yeah, flies into, like, just, it's huge. He, he like, hits a ramp. Yeah, he goes off like a, a dock. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it I don't know. <laughs> just, it's just what's happening in this movie shortly after a boy was being physically assaulted by a basketball coach. Or, yeah, same movie. <laughs> Again, <laughs> well, what's this movie about? I don't know. An abusive basketball coach and a sad clown. It's sure. It's those nothing. are the two villains of this piece. They sure are. <laughs> what happens next, Mark? I don't know. The buddy leaves Buddy on an island. He just says goodbye, dog, and then he Get gets on here. a boat and goes away. And the sad dog swims across the entire channel, <laughs> presumably to get back to him. <laughs> No, I don't think he swims across. The, I think the clown goes and gets him because he shows back up with the clown later. Oh, uh, you may be right. Yeah, maybe the clown is fetched. I just assumed the clown was like lurking around the school waiting for Buddy to show back up. That'd be really funny. I mean, <laughs> definitely grounds for him getting arrested. But Right? Well, he does. I mean, he, I think he gets jailed at the end of this movie for because a dog doesn't love him. <laughs> That's how that, for being poor, Mark. It's because he's poor. <laughs> so so they go back to the basketball championships they've made the championships yes where larry is now playing for spokane yes <laughs> larry's just a great name for a teenager in 1997 it look it's very funny i feel like i know 12 larry's not named larry that like sure yep like we all had a kid that looked basically just like this and acted just like this <laughs> at every school we went to, right? Like yep. they were just interchangeable. Like they picked them yep. up from the Larry factory <laughs> where they were clearly like, did not have a good home life and were just yep. acting out because they didn't have any physicality that they could actually like flaunt over us. Everybody was 12 <laughs> right. and a string bean. Why were we all afraid of him? Cause he was just real mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, for, would you, was, what happened there? What do we do? I, I mean, Championship game stage. against Larry. It's, That's it's right. the Timberwolves against the Warriors. The right. Timberwolves, by the way, on their scoreboard, abbreviate their name T apostrophe Wolves. I know that's short for Timberwolves, but my brain reads it like a small Victorian child is abbreviating it. He's just saying the wolves. wolves. No, I thought it was testosterone wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Wolves are on T. Yeah, the wolves are just on T. It's it's fine. Somehow it was easier for the wolves to get active (laughs) than trans people. Well, you know, they're sports wolves. So, of course, it's fine for them to take it. Yeah, it's fine if you choose. <laughs> Do you want to radically alter your body for muscles? Fine. No problem. We do, you can do it for, look, as long as you're cis, you're allowed to take right, it yeah. for sports. It's totally cool. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't, I don't know either. I just know, know that they can happening. definitely go the distance by Michael Bolton, the number 89 song. <laughs> On the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 1997. <laughs> what was that from? Was that Hercules? Yes, I think. Yeah. God, we should be we should be covering Hercules. That's a good movie. It's a real good movie. Yeah, it is. 1997 <laughs> was a banger year, y'all. <laughs> Telling you, the fucking this was Macarena fever. I forgot to mention yeah. that earlier. Macarena happened in 1997. <laughs> So, geez, all right, where? So they're in the championship game, and they're uh-huh. hanging in there. They're always, like, down by between, like, 8 and 15 points throughout the game. And one or two players foul out, and then two players get injured by just running into each other. And they're down to only four players. Right. Which, this, this like, I did not question this storyline, this piece of the storyline when I first watched it. Because, again, I went to a very small school. Like, our basketball team might have only had eight players. That That's sure. very plausible. <laughs> This school has several floors to it, and there's only eight guys on the team, but I don't know. I guess maybe other ones left when Larry left. I have no idea. Whatever. There were eight guys on the team. Four of them can't play anymore, and now we're down with like seven minutes left and only four Timberwolves. Mark, this is a small town. We know why so many players left whenever the coach changed. <laughs> I did not even consider that. Don't even. But you're so right. Don't, oh, we don't man, have to Now I feel so bad. We all know why. <laughs> You're right. That's what happened out here in that's White Town. Yeah, <laughs> out here in White Town. <laughs> oh. It was racism all along, listeners. <laughs> so we're down to four players, and the coach is like, "Listen, whatever. We're gonna play like teamwork. We're gonna win it." And I don't think he believes they're gonna win, but you know, whatever. He's like, he's here for his players, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he just shows up, just comes running in like pristine clean fur flapping in the wind and this is when this movie actually starts yeah like, is it took that we're in our third act now and this is, where the the third movie, act, yeah. this is where the movie actually begins because this is why everybody showed up to watch this movie because they're down and like a number of members and they're like we're short one guy we got to have short one more one player guy. And then uh, they get the the shit eating grin on his face, like I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he just shows up, and the coach is like, "Listen, this is our player. He's on the team roster. He travels with us. I mean, technically, he's a mascot. Whatever. He's on the roster. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's here every week. He's a member of the team." And the, the referee's kid, just kind of helplessly shrug. The kid says, 
canine checking in, which means canine. nothing. That's not <laughs> checking in what? is is the language you use at the scorers you, table when you tell them that you are checking in for another player. I, I sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> Something I clearly know is noted sportsman. That's the right. thing that happens. <laughs> But yeah, his number's K9, I guess. Yeah, it's K9 (laughs) on the jersey. He has four little basketball shoes. (laughs) K9 checking in. Something, something, quit playing (laughs) games with my heart by Backstreet Boys. (laughs) The number 11, the word you're in Hot 100 single of 1997. No, this is whenever the music cue I really wanted to happen doesn't happen when that dog walks in in basketball regalia and it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen imagine uh-huh. if return of the mac was playing by mark morrison <laughs> that that's the best possible choice incredible <laughs> i was cr- i've had that i had that fleeting thought while watching this movie that's what played in my head at the absurdity of the moment and i cracked myself so up so much i i was crying <laughs> amazing oh my god and the coach is just like it's fine he's a member of the team and the referees are like pouring through multiple rule books until one of them weirdly shouts ain't no rule says a dog can't play basketball it's true ain't no rule says dog can't play basketball (laughs) here we go i i look that is the enduring legacy of this film that's the that's the thing everyone knows about this movie is it has entered like our modern parlance. Like it's yep. just, it's just a thing that we all say now. It's just a thing we all know. That's the legacy of this movie. Certainly none of its <laughs> cast and crew, because I don't, I know they've been in other things, but I couldn't yeah. gun to my head. I couldn't tell you what they were. Anyway, basketball dog playing movie. <laughs> yeah. we just got seven minutes of buddy playing basketball. And he's real good at it. There's one point where like, he and Josh execute it. like a really slick give and go. It's amazing. He, he, look, it, the, I, it's so good be, that like the end of the uh, like credits has to be like there was no CGI effects used during the dog yeah. playing basketball. <laughs> this dog's just real good at basketball. Like they really is like just in case you were wondering. <laughs> no, really, the dog did all that shit. I know, right? <laughs> Make some good passes, play some defense, draws a foul at one point and goes to the foul line. You know, you know that entire reason we got your butt in the seat to begin with and why you actually showed up for this movie? All of that is it true. Is. <laughs> it is fun to watch. Like, it's ludicrous. It is, as a 40-year-old human, it ridiculous. is beyond ridiculous to watch, but it's still fun. I had a real good time watching this dog play basketball. It is ridiculous, and I know that at least in the movie after this, there's more of dog playing sport in those movies than what is actually in this movie. Yep. So I'm looking forward to more of actually seeing <laughs> dog play sport in dog playing sport movie moving forward. They, they, you know, they win on a last minute three-pointer from Josh after Buddy gives him like an understanding wink and a nod. Like, you got this, pal. <laughs> yeah. The do- There's a moment. There, this is ever since I was young and this moment has been absurd to me. And that is when they all put their hands in and then the dog paw. That's clearly a big dog paw. <laughs> Just like a stuffed dog paw on a stick. Yeah. The moment <laughs> they were so proud of that it's in the poster, like in it's the logo the of the movie. What? <laughs> Along with the dog dunking, which is false advertisement. The dog does not dunk once <laughs> dog does not in this dunk, movie. No. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> 
you think that's going to be it. Like most sports movies, especially this sort of feel good sports movie ends on like the big shot or the field goal or whatever that wins the game, mm-hmm. you know, the home run to, and like there's a, the music swells and the credits roll. There's another eight to 10 minutes of this film after the basketball game. ends. Right, right. Like look into my eyes, Mark, by Bone Thugs and Harmony, the number 47 <laughs> song on the billboard year and hot 100 singles of 1997. This is not your dad's dog playing basketball movie. Yeah, absolutely. This is not Hoosier's dog basketball. <laughs> Hoosier's dog basketball. This is not the shaggy dunker or whatever <laughs> would have happened in that universe. The end of the, at the basketball game sad clown shows up like he's not wearing his clown but he shows up and watches the end of the game and it's like all right i'll like my dog back now please yep this all happens and i wrote in my notes because i never keep notes but i did keep if you just bullet points <laughs> mine was we're in court now like not just, a basketball court an actual court cuts the court court and they're they're having a court case over this dog they really want this bit where the dog barks every time the man says speak to be funny and it's not oh boy and it's such a weird clunker of a joke at the end of this movie again we're, we've talked so many times about the emotional shifts of this movie mm-hmm. but now we're just back to like a goofy slapstick comedy because they're doing like speak jokes it's it's real weird and then the our our coach walks in and he's like i'm mr basketball you may know me from basketball <laughs> the judge is like i do know you from basketball i love the basketball You're mr basketball i was there when you basketballed so hard back in the day that like i lost my entire goddamn mind <laughs> he's like i did i did basketball that hard uh, and he's like oh, you should let the dog decide and he's like i I trust you. Yes, sir, Mr. Problematic, problematic trope. <laughs> magical black man. I, I do agree with you. I like this. Let's do that. <laughs> they go. They all go outside. Everybody in town goes outside to watch the dog reenact a scene from the Beverly Cleary book, Henry and Ribsy. Why? It's, shut up. I hate, I hate you. <laughs> Why? First of all. Why? <laughs> Why is that a poll that exists in your head? <laughs> I don't know, man. Why do those words exist? Books when and, I was a okay, child. That's fair enough. I'm not here to hate on whatever you like. Like what you like, you know. <laughs> it was part of the extended uh, Beezus and Ramona universe. Of course, of course. It was just all those words in that order took me out of my body for like two seconds and I didn't know how to respond. Listen, Henry finds a dog. The dog's real thin and starved, so he names him Ribsy. They're pals. Eventually, Ribsy's real owner shows up and they settle who he should stay with by putting him in the middle and they both are like, come here, dog. That's how they decide who gets to keep Ribsy. Look, that... I feel like every kid had some version of this with their pet where they sure, would, sure. they would just be like, let's see who they, let's play. Yeah. <laughs> which, which sibling does the dog like more? Which sibling does the dog like more? We all did this with our pets because we were horrible <laughs> children who didn't understand the emotional toll we were taking on our pets. Um, no, like I was too, I didn't, I wasn't reading these uh, Ramona and Beezus or whatever (laughs) (laughs) novels at the time. I was, my dog book of choice after, obviously, um, or Where the Red Fern Grows, which we all read and cried around this age. Sure, sure, yep. um, Was Hank the Cow Dog? (laughs) That's not... Wow. (laughs) Does anyone know this? Does anyone know this book? That's the one, like... That I mentioned I grew up in Oklahoma. (laughs) 
There was, I have very loose memories of this. There was a cat named Pete, right? Sure. I couldn't tell you jack shit about him, but I read like (laughs) legitimately read like 30 of these goddamn books. I can see the cover of the first book because it was on like our, I don't know, one of our grade school. Like remember your teacher had just had like Mm. that spinning rack of books that you could take. Right, right. And the edition that was on that the, the book that existed in our grade school room was like bright orange and it had just a big square on the front with a very mean looking dog on it. And that's the cover of Hank the Cow Dog. That is why I remember this book. I think in it, Hank gets accused of murdering somebody. Yeah, you, like it's the original Adventures of Hank the Cow Dog is the one that you're thinking of? Because yes, he does. Yes. He looks like an absolute asshole on the cover of that right? book compared that, so to whatever image you have looked up is clearly the edition that was in my grade school library i had to check because i was like hank's a nice he's a good boy he would never <laughs> but then i remembered like yeah that first book he does just look like he's an evil ass dog who would do evil ass things to you <laughs> hopefully i remember and i can share that this image with our listeners whenever <laughs> we put this episode out that's the end of the movie the dog of course chooses josh after briefly like tearing up the newspaper of the clown or something and finally we have reached the end credits roll that sure was a movie huh (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i had a really fun time watching this stupid movie i'm not sure that was these are the words that i would have you know used to explain (laughs) my experience with it but i've had a lot of fun talking to you about it that's fair it's a very it's a very 90s movie to begin with like that sort of specific like fun for the whole family kind of vibe of Mm -hmm. that like there was just that kind of film in that era we're we're on the other side of that whatever the international dateline for disney schmaltz is yes correct uh, where like (laughs) but it still has some of that 90s earnestness in it where it hasn't made the complete like disneyfication process yet definitely moving in that direction we're moving further and further in there like the last time we checked in about this it was uh d3 the mighty ducks and now i feel like we're just a little further along there are big chunks of this movie where just nothing, like legitimately nothing Nothing happens. happens. Yeah, there's a whole lot of nothing in this movie. I was surprised at how much of this movie was just like Josh hanging out at school and an empty church. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot of he plays basketball or is in it or says, good boy, buddy, good buddy, buddy, yep. good boy. You can do it, buddy, buddy, good boy, buddy. Yep. That's a good chunk. So, like, it definitely, it starts off very weird. It then just sort of meanders its way around until a basketball game at the end. So, it's a very flawed movie on a number of levels. But I had a fun, like, I don't think I want to watch it again for 20 years, but I had a fun time watching it for the first time in 20 <laughs> years. Yeah, we. I think I've met my quota. I'm sure glad that we don't do a podcast where we talk about <laughs> series of movies. And that we yeah, don't have to watch more know. of these in the coming weeks. <laughs> Speaking of that, what are we going to watch next? Next up is he's, this dog. Apparently, I read the rule book over out for <laughs> football. Actually, oh, okay. Okay. it turns out there's no rule that says dog can't play football either. <laughs> so <laughs> next up is Airbud Golden Retriever. <laughs> Thank you.
The Third One Sucks is a Retrograde Orbit radio production. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends and make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you want to get in touch or share suggestions about what we could cover in the future, you can contact us on Twitter at The Third One Sucks or email us at thethirdonesucks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel. There's a deconsecrated church like five doors down from me. Okay. Oh, not it's now a dentist down? office. <laughs> okay. So yeah. All right. So goodness. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's called Holy Smiles or something. Holy Smiles. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs>